he's praying. The great wish of her heart, of her mind, of her soul, was to join St. Nick's team at the frosty North Pole. But how does an elfish lass follow her dream? With a smoldering passion and a will full of steam. Now, some try to contact Santa by text, fax, or mail. The latter includes both the E and the snail. Of course, when writing a letter, begin with hello, and don't forget the postcode of ho, ho, ho. He did all the above, four score and ten. She was busy with phone, busy with pen. She also took comfort that once every year, St. Nick flew overhead with his eight reindeer. She had an intuitive sense that Santa's keen vision could read every heart with insightful precision. So she composed and broadcast feelings of goodwill, waiting for her time and her dreams to fulfill. For to Eve's way of thinking, Santa Claus was a saint. More than a white-bed red suit, oh so quaint, but a servant to him, without equal, bar none, the Christ in Christmas, the only begotten son. Lastly, each year, on the 24th of December, it's also Eve's birthday, that's how I remember, in the sand of a cove she'd write with purpose and nerve, Hello, Santa, ready to serve. Then, then it happened. A response in a wave, as Eve sat quietly inside a seaside cave, as the water receded into the ocean. Gone was her message in the ensuing motion. Now on the beach, clearly written in the sand, was a message from Santa's far-reaching hand. I'll see you at midnight atop the magical tree. I'll swoop down from above, a coming for thee. He bounced up and down. She flipped forward and back. She did handstands and cartwheels and a jumping jack. She cried, My time has arrived. My time to head north. My time to realize the effort I put forth. Suddenly, the hop skipped out of Eve's jump as it quickly dawned on her with quite a thump that she had crawled every cranny, explored every nook, hiked every hilltop and swam every brook. But never, ever, never, ever, never, that's five, in her walks, in her strolls, in her afternoon drives, had she encountered this tree with the faculty of her senses, not in backyards nor behind neighborhood fences. But time was running out, not a second to lose. Eve packed her toothbrush, jacket, and shiny red shoes. She searched hither and thither, Lord only knows, in the boots of cars, between a hedgehog's toes. One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four, five o'clock, six o'clock, seven, and more. T minus sixty. Time was running out. She was frazzled and dazzled, running all about. A minute to go. Not a second to lose. Would Eve make it? What would she choose? I will struggle and strive till my time runs out. Never surrender, never give in to doubt. In the calm that thought brought, in the still of the night, she became aware of a glowing, glorious white light. It came from the forest, 
A fair distance, it seemed. It glowed. It radiated. Shone and gleamed. To this beacon she sprinted, off to the races, away with the sorrows of sad, somber faces. Eve ran into the woods, past bushes and vines, past flowers and ferns and flora and pines. She went deep, and then deeper, and then deeper still, powered by resolve and a growing sense of thrill. And then, in the stillness, in the quiet, in the calm, she saw a majestic sight, worthy of a psalm. Dead center in the forest, in living red and green, was the most bonny Pahutakawa tree Eve had ever seen. At the top of its trunk was a five-pointed star. You could see it from...